Hello, and welcome to Paradox, untold stories from athletic directors with Dr. Danielle LaPointe and Dr. Dustin Smith. We have some crazy and unique stories for you, which are made possible by our sponsor, Wall of Fame. At the Wall of Fame, our mission is to bring your school's legacy to life. We transform school tributes to make it easier than ever to celebrate your whole community, showcasing your school's diverse history, proudest moments, and top role models. We understand that the true value of our Wall of Fame is in your content. Whether you are starting a new tribute or adding to an existing one, we give you all the resources you need to build an interactive experience and take your content to the next level. Speaking of next level, let's check in to see what Danielle and Dustin have for us today. Hello, and today we have Billy Tips with us. How are you doing today, Billy? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me on here. We are excited to have you here, especially since you kind of did a little flip-flop with Dustin. Um, and Dustin probably can't hold his excitement back too long on, on how happy he is to have you on this episode. So go ahead, Dustin. Why don't you, why don't you talk about that? Well, I, I know for sure this is the first we've ever had somebody named Beef Tips on here. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we could tell that story later if we want to. But, man, I'm excited to have Billy on here. Billy's become a great friend of mine and somebody I've talked to a lot of late. Um, and I think a year ago, we sat at the Oklahoma AD conference and really spent some time during a session just kind of having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And and I thought even then, I was like, man, I need to get Billy on here as a guest um, to share his experiences. But <clears throat> Billy has been all over. He's been in Texas. He's been in Kansas. He's been in Oklahoma. And now he is planted in Arkansas. And we can officially say that he is um, going to be the district athletic director for Bentonville schools in Northwest Arkansas. And we'll talk about where that is on a map. Um, so basically Billy flip-flopped with me. So we are just the same, only different. Uh, and so <laughs> Billy was at Enid, Oklahoma and was the AD there and has since taken the job at Bentonville. Well, I went from Greenwood, Arkansas over to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. So we just flipped, basically flipped states uh, and so Billy most recently was at was at Enid, and we'll talk about where that is on a map. But Billy, man, you know I've been excited about having you on here. We've been texting back and forth and talking um, at length about stuff in Arkansas and stuff in Oklahoma and what that really looks like. So I'm excited to have you on here, and you're you're joining us from the new home. Um, so if people are looking at YouTube and seeing that Billy is going to move in uh, <laughs> to his new office, uh, but Billy, I'm excited to have you on here, brother. Well, I'm I'm excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me again. Appreciate that. And then, yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks, I guess, moving out, moving in. You can see the blank wall behind me that I really haven't done much moving in. It's uh, a lot of been a lot of paperwork and a lot of just getting to know people. And uh, Bentonville's a special place, as as most people know, and uh, just feel really blessed and uh, proud to be here. Well, Billy, let's talk about before we get um, and we, we can talk about beef tips if you want to. Um, but let's before we get into that, let's talk about what the resume doesn't tell us. We can tell about your your tenure in Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas. But who who is Billy Tips outside of an athletic administrator? You know, I, I have a family. I, I have a wife of 27 years, Leanne. Uh, she's a school nurse. Uh, love her. She's uh, been so great great coach's wife, great a you know administrator's wife, understands the business of, uh, and how busy we can get. Uh, she's just been been my number one fan and, and 
supporter, my, our, our entire relationship. We've actually known each other for 30 years. Um, but, but no, she, she is awesome. And, and really, and then I have a daughter that's uh, Grace and she, uh, is 22, just graduated from Oklahoma university. So proud of that. And she had a dual degree in, in, uh, in supply chain management and advertising. So at 22, she has landed a job with EY. Um, you know, if you're, I guess I'm not in the business world, so I didn't know the significance of that, but obviously, uh, you know, apparently that's a pretty big, uh, top four, uh, consulting firm. And so she's got a job out there and she'll be moving to that later this summer. And, uh, that'll be kind of, you know, a teary eyed time for dad, but, uh, I'm getting a little bonus time with her this summer and kind of in between her transition. So really, uh, me outside of, of, of being an AD is just being a dad and a, a husband and trying to do things with them, figure out ways I can spend time with them. And, you know, I like to, we like to spend time at the lake and we like to spend time with friends uh, mostly at the lake. Uh, you know, I play a little golf. Uh, I don't know if that's what you want to call it, but I go out and swing the clubs and, but, you know, I do a little hunting. I think, I think I do just, I just try to be real well-rounded, but most of that time is going to be spent at home and just, just messing around. So. So let's, let's talk about transition and part of our AD world is there's transitions that happen, whether that's to a new role um, a new position or a new state like you're going through. Um, so as you've made this transition, there's some fear, there's some unknown, obviously. Um, but walk us through that transition and that process of going from Enid, where you're a director of athletics, to all of a sudden um, you're at Bentonville Schools, which is one of the largest schools in Arkansas, and you're the district AD. So you go from being a site AD, basically, to a district AD. So talk about that transition for you and what all went into that process for you. Yeah. You know, first of all, a lot of, uh, just, just big picture, you know, kind of drinking from a fire hose type of, of, of process through me. And I do better when I compartmentalize things, when I can not look at the whole picture of this is this and kind of break it up. But I think in the transition, um, it's, it's, it's been very exciting, uh, kind of a little bit nerve wracking. I mean, Bentonville has a great thing going here. Um, a lot of, uh, success going on. Uh, they split schools several years ago and, and now Bentonville West is, is, uh, up and running and doing really well. And so I think managing that, managing two schools and, and in a district, uh, with rivalries and, and this and that, I think is going to be, um, fun, uh, but extremely, um, you know, uh, I guess it, it difficult at times, just making sure each one uh, is performing at the, the best level that we can have them perform. Well, let, let's talk about where you were in Enid and where that was geographically on a map or where that is geographically and where you are now at Bentonville and paint that, both of those on the map for people that maybe, maybe struggle um, with the geography of things and maybe don't even know they exist. Um, like maybe somebody in Florida, I won't mention any names, but her initials <laughs> are Daniela Point, may not know where Enid or Bentonville either one are. Right. I wish I wish that I could be like, I know where they are, but I don't. So oh, <laughs> he well, wins this he wins this round of making fun of me. Well, so go ahead. <laughs> well, hopefully I can paint a good picture for you then. So so Enid, um you know, Enid at one point in time was a very robust community, and it still is. It's a really great community. Man, my four and a half years out there has been such a, a, a great experience. The town, the people are just such great supporters, and they and they want to 
build back what they had in the in the 80s and 90s and and, and even earlier than that and so um but but on a on a map we're about an hour and a half northwest of Oklahoma City and about two hours straight west of Tulsa uh so people think Enid you're in north you're, you're in western Oklahoma well you're really not I mean you got to travel a couple more hours to get really into western Oklahoma so we're 30 minutes off of 35 um it's and it and again it's a great place to be it's a little uh less um a little less, there are a few less trees and uh, more wheat fields and cornfields, different different things like that. But again, really great community. Uh, as opposed to Northwest Arkansas is, is just hilly and curvy and and beautiful tree life. Um, and so it's 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 surrounding. You know, it's got Beaver Lake going up through it, and it, it's uh, it's just a real real great place and a lot of growth going on. It's a city where. Um, just tons of growth and 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 things happening, and so it's it's a little bit of uh, a little difference in that. And Enid's not quite as busy as uh, Northwest Arkansas and, and Bentonville is. So, Danielle, just so you know, where I was in Greenwood, Bentonville's about an hour and twenty minutes north of Greenwood. It's still close to the border. It's it's closer to the border of Missouri than obviously Greenwood was but it's also close to the border of Oklahoma. So it's in the Northwest corner of Arkansas. Um, and Billy is going there and he's talked about Bentonville High and Bentonville West, two of the largest schools in, in Arkansas. Uh, and so uh, he's made the transition to Arkansas or is making the transition as I make the transition and made the transition to, to Oklahoma. So um, I don't know if I'm taking it personally or not that he got out of the state when I came into the state or he wanted to go to Arkansas because I wasn't going to be there anymore. Won't take it personal, Billy. I get it. Um, and I understand. Uh, but the reason we have you on this podcast is to have some fun, have, tell some stories. And I know Danielle's really looking forward to this and she thinks she's one up me because she knows the stories and um mm -hmm reality is I don't like to know the stories because I want you to get my reaction. I want you to see just what my reaction is. And I don't want to plan out questions in advance. Um, but anyway, I know you got some stories for us and I know you, Daniel has filtered them and approved them. And um, <laughs> so start with whichever one you want to start with and we'll roll with that. Just kind of these, I don't, I can't believe this happened kind of stories. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, my, my first administration job, I was assistant principal and athletic director uh, and activities director, for that matter, and offensive coordinator um, at a <laughs> school in Kansas. It's a 4A school, so it wasn't, wasn't a small school. It was about 900 kids, uh, 9 through 12, and uh, they hired me, and, and one of the things that they really needed was to kind of, you know, curb up the culture and kind of rebuild some things, <clears throat> excuse me, and and so... Uh, one of the main things that came from the superintendent is we need to get our crowds under control. They were, they were embarrassing at, at times uh, and, and really needed to have some things uh, set in place. And so uh, in Kansas, they play soccer in two different seasons. Boys play one season, girls play. In we have a question already before okay. you even get to your story. <laughs> so, um, how many, like you say it was like about 900 kids at the school. How many fans, the games are we talking about like to get under control 
Well, so in this particular, for this particular story, it was girls soccer and it, it was well attended. It, it was well attended. We were, we were good. We were on a good two, three year run uh, of, of girls that were just, you know, from sophomore, junior to senior year and just mm-hmm. have gotten better. And so, you know, I'm dealing with some parents that have done, you know, have, have acted like this for two or three years and, and really oh, it. so, <laughs> so yeah. And so it, it's become kind of the norm. Uh, so, so it's my, you know, kind of, I don't know, first couple of months into school and, and I go to a soccer game and, <clears throat> and, and the dad, there's several dads and, and they just, they, they are referring to the, every time there's a questionable call at all, they refer to the referee as Richard. <laughs> and I think the first time I heard, I'm like, Okay, you know whatever, because uh, you know if I give people the benefit of the doubt, it's bad call. They want to say something, say it, get it out of the way. As long as it's not too bad, move on, right? So I, I hear it again, and I keep hearing this over and over. Hey, Richard, Richard, this, Richard, and finally I thought, okay, I get it. And so, so I walked over to the you know one of them, and I and I said, hey, I can't, I can't allow you to continue to do that. You know, if you got a problem, say something and, and move on and, and then let's forget about it. And they, they just wouldn't. And so after a lot of discussion that day and several times after that, I'm even meetings. We, we met in our office with superintendent, principal on these. These dads truly believed that this streak that these girls were on winning uh, had to do with them. Name calling to the referee as Richard. Wait a minute. I have to put Dustin. Do you know what this means when someone calls you a Richard? Really? I. Just, I mean, of the two of us that host you make this fun podcast, of me who do you think would be? You yes, would I'm be well the one aware. Who doesn't know this one? I'm, I'm well just, aware. Do you want to tell our listeners? the The official's name was not <laughs> Richard. We'll do. We'll just do that. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> So let me let me before we jump into this any further, um, because I think there's some juice here that we're going to you're going to get divulge when you're meeting with principals Mm -hmm. and superintendents. Mm -hmm. And um, they were thinking that their actions were part of the streak or whatever. Um, But you mentioned to begin with that you were the assistant principal, you're the athletic director, activities coordinator and offensive coordinator. How how many hats did you have to wear, and where did you keep said hats in order to be able to? I mean, did you have to take one off and say, "Oh, dealing with this soccer situation, I am the athletic director now. I'm not the offensive coordinator. Let me take that off." So, how did you balance doing all of that? It, it, it's tough. It's tough to do that, especially you know, in, in this particular situation, it wasn't too tough because as a, as a AD, I just addressed it, but. You know, being being the athletic director and the offensive coordinator, not the head coach, but the head coach reports to the athletic director. That was a little bit of a, you know, just a just kind of had to use, you know, some real good common sense. And and me and the head coach had a really good uh, ended up having a really good, uh, you know, um, working relationship. And so but but, yeah, the hats, it's hard to go to a coach and say, hey, I'm coming to you as as a parent. And you're the athletic director, or as a, hey, I'm coming to you as an offense coordinator. I'm coming to you as a head coach. Um, I'm coming to you as the head coach, as the AD this time instead of the offense coordinator. So, yeah, it was a, it was a lot, but uh, you know, it was a, that was such a great experience, and it was my first administrative position. Um, 
uh, and it was a lot. The, the assistant principal job, my respect goes out to all assistant principals. That is quite the position, to say the least. Okay. Sorry, sorry I interrupted that. Sorry I interrupted mm-hmm. the flow, but let's go back. The principal, superintendent, you, and these dads were thinking well, their streak. And if I, if, I heard, if I heard them correctly, it wasn't even necessarily like the name calling. They This turned into like a superstition. Was I gathering that correctly? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, they, they truly, I sat at the rail at the top of our stadium, probably for the whole first half, talking to the dad that kind of led this about why it had no bearing on the success of our team. And, and I, I just said it's embarrassing to the school district. And, and so that's kind of what led to, because I call it embarrassing, it kind of led to them calling some of the meetings they wanted to meet because I'm calling what they're doing embarrassing. And so it was just real backwards type thinking. And, um, you know, they, they just truly thought that it gave the girls this confidence when they would hear that kind of support come from their, the, the, the parent section. And, and obviously in, in the bigger games, we'd have a little bit of student section there and, and guess what? They were calling they up on me it. also. And so yeah. uh, it, it just kind of trickles down. And, and but, but throughout those meetings, I mean, they would leave and uh, us three administrators would look at each other and we like, is there a book that you, how do you handle this situation? Because there's not. I mean, is there a well, lesson? Have you ever been through this? But, but like, I want to know more about the conversation that you had in the stands with the parents explaining to the parent why there was no bearing on this and the, and the way that, that their, their daughters were playing. Cause that, that is, that almost is so far fetched that I would have a problem explaining the relationship or lack thereof between that. Yeah. And I think, I think I did too. And obviously I guess I didn't do a very good job of, of convincing <laughs> him because, you know, we had several meetings after that, but you know, I just, we would stand up there and, and uh, I'm like, tell me how you really think this is, is making it better because I said, we're not going to get any calls, any, any 50, 50 calls right now. We're not going to get because you've upset these referees. And then and Winfield's not as big a town as as some. It's about twenty thousand people or so, eighteen thousand, something like that. And and so everybody knows everybody. The referees, those were people that we all know. And and so I could tell them all these things, and 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 they're like, no, we're winning. We're on this streak because when we're out of town, this is what we do. And so I had to start traveling to the games, making sure these things. So yeah, I was. <laughs> I was all over Southeast Kansas, yeah, Wichita, all over. So it was it was a fun first year. Um, a, a little bit of that, a little bit of that culture graduated with those seniors, uh, and so it was a little easier to manage after. Uh, but it was constant. Uh, didn't happen in the boys' soccer program. Didn't happen in football. Uh, just happened to be these girls' soccer team. This this particular set of people. Yeah. So let me ask this question: Were any of the parents or the the dads' names? Richard. <laughs> no. <Okay. they> weren't. <laughs> what about you, at any time during your meetings, did you say, don't be a Richard? <laughs> no, I didn't. Boy, <laughs> I, you know how you can, you wish you could say some things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're being a Richard right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I tried to stay away from that. Do, did the officials ever talk to you about this or did they ever complain about this? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. So I try to make it a practice to get to – I mean, most ADs do. You get to the game early. You try to meet the referees, take care of them a little bit. Um, and so they would always, hey, are you going to keep an eye on these dads? You know, calling us Richard all the time. And they and, and they started to know. People would come in and they started to know that's what they're about to get. So I told them, hey, I said, we're working on it. Any problems, anything gets out of hand past, you know, past that. Because it, it it steadily got a little better. You know, they didn't do it near as much as they did at the first two weeks of the season after we started talking about it. So, you know, it started to get a little better. But, no, every game that was at our place, they would mention it. The it officials would or the parents would? The officials would. The parents were going to say it. Right. I, it never stopped completely. I, I could get it to stop to where it was about 10, 15 times a game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, and that's stopping you know, it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, it's, uh, it was one of those things where they'd mumble it or they would, you know, or they would change the name to Bob or, uh, you know, and then I would just say, listen, we're not going to call out names. We're just not going to name anybody. We're not going to name a player. We're not going to name a referee, you know, just those things that kind of it, just the, not the sportsmanship that you want your parents to, to be displaying, I guess. It's such a slippery slope that you're on because, like, you know what they're intending, but they're also not using, like, profanity. Right. So it's not okay, but it also could be significantly worse. So, and the fact that you had to have multiple meetings about this, like, with the principal, and again, the parents continued to do it, is like, what? What? Yeah, I, I want to ask this question, Billy. Like, did they call and set up these meetings and say, hey, we want to talk about being a Richard and... <laughs> You know, and how do you involve your superintendent and your principal in these discussions? I mean, how did it escalate from just you to addressing the issue to all of a sudden they're wanting to meet and they're throwing a wide blanket and saying, I want to meet with the people you report to, too. And why didn't they go ahead and bring the head football coach since you were the offensive coordinator? Um, I mean, at what point did they have the meetings and what did they feel that they were accomplishing in those meetings? Well, I, I think I think at the, with the meetings, they were more upset at me. They were really wanting, you know, I was new. They were really wanting to let those people above me, principal, superintendent, know how I was behaving, I guess. Uh, so, you know, at that point, it became become a couple of the we, we only met twice. Um you know, well, I met several times with them and then once with our principal, then a couple of times. Our superintendent finally just said after we met and they wanted to meet again because they were still upset. And he said, no, I'm not meeting with these guys again. They can't call people Richard. You know, we, we went through the whole conversation with them, too. Just like you said, it's not really it's not really wrong, but I know what you're insinuating. And and what they that their thought behind that was, well, I say what I say. It doesn't if they if they take it as I'm calling him. The other thing that's on them. I'm calling him Richard. So they're, you know, they're trying to just, you know, make it okay for them to to continue to do this. So justify what they're saying. Yes. Yeah. And and the fact that they tied it to the streak that the girls were on as part of, I mean, we have to do that. <laughs> yeah. It, they literally, they really had to do it. We lost a game. And I, I took I took a beating on Facebook and I don't you know, I don't look at that stuff much. But a, a, according to people that do look at that, I took a beating. It was my fault because I didn't allow him to yell Richard enough that we lost that game. So, it yeah, it's you know, it's just stuff that you 
don't think that you have to, it's pretty, you know, you think it's pretty much common sense, but it's uh, sometimes it's not. So with, with those conversations, did you ever have the thought process to tell those dads, how many goals have you scored during this streak? Or <laughs> how many passes have you made? Or how many goals have you prevented from being scored? Because last I checked, soccer was based upon goals scored and goals defended. Had nothing to do with the commentary coming from the bleachers. Well, I, at some point, I probably did have that conversation. Man, we had we had so many, you know, uh, <laughs> what I just crazy conversations with different dads in the stands. You know, I would just make my rounds every game, trying to just develop a relationship with these dads, first of all, you know, just one that we could talk. And maybe if I talked to him, they wouldn't yell Richard so much. And so I would just make my rounds. And, and I don't know how many conversations we had that, that, that like they had some pretty, really some pretty convincing reasons why they should continue to do this. I mean, if you talk to somebody long enough, they might be able to convince you that this actually does help. You know, it was, it was more of a mental help to our girls than physically scoring goals. It's put them in the right mindset. Uh, well, fired up. Well, and that's something that, you know, I don't think we've even touched upon on, on, on any of our episodes so far, but like superstition in sports is a real thing. There's a real connection there. I mean, yeah. you joke about the people who wear the same socks, right? Or don't yeah, wash their yeah. socks or something along those lines, but that's really no different than this mentality here. And that's not something that's new. That's an old right. concept. But in this case, it approached your world and you had to figure out what to do, if anything, about this. Because, yeah, this is a fine line that you uh, those parents are walking on. And and I'm sorry, but I think this is comical. <laughs> this is what they did because it's like you can't do that. But, like, it's not really cursing. Right. <laughs> it's not yeah. okay. No, it's definitely not okay. And and but it's that thin line that great. They were in that gray area and, and they had figured it out. I mean, they really were pretty convincing. So uh, I hope for the sake of 80s around the country, there are no parents listening to this particular episode because they just <laughs> run with this. And there's going to be lots of Richard officiating across the country. <laughs> True. But you know, and, and we've been battling as ADs. You're you're trying to have a good environment. You want your kids and your fans to be supportive, and you want them to be present, and you want them to be vocal. Uh, but you got to do that in the right way. Um, you think about the old basketball deal where they used to say "push it," yeah, and how they could enunciate that how they wanted to. They were saying "push it," but they would enunciate it different and it yeah. sounded like something different, but the yeah. student sections would do that all over. And so you'd have to go to them and say, Hey, can't say that. I mean, I know what you're trying to do. Well, we're saying push it. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying, but yeah. um, you know, so it's similar to with those parents being able to, and, and the fact that parents were doing that and thinking it was okay and justifying it in their mind that they can't win without us doing that. Right. Yeah, it's certainly not something that uh, you'd find any books or on any, you know, on how to handle that. And it was pretty tricky because some of those parents were pretty, you know, probably pretty, you know, connected to the community and stuff like that. So you have to be kind of careful. You don't want to run them off. And that's not what you're trying to do. You know, not, I mean, some people might ask, why don't you just kick them out? You know, that's not what, because there is a gray area. It's not what we, we want to do. And, and 
you know, it's it's a funny story, but it it like I said, it gradually got it got better. Did it go away? No. And if I wasn't there, if I had another activity, I could just imagine what was going on because I didn't real. I had an assistant, but you know, Richard's all over the place at the soccer game tonight. Yes, I would imagine. Yeah. So let me ask you this question, Billy. As you said, it never really went away. Uh, it got better, but it never went away um, until those parents graduated or their kids graduated. This was year one for you. Yes. And this wasn't this year. So no. you have come back for more years of athletic administration <laughs> after said occurrence. So it didn't run you off, but you dealt with that from year one. I mean, this was year one of your tenure as an athletic administrator and you get to deal with parents. It wasn't kids acting a fool. It was parents acting a fool. Yeah. You know, I think, I think if you've been an AD for any amount of years, most issues you deal with is probably adult related. Uh, you're going to deal with some kid issues and, and really quite frankly, you expect that. You expect kids to mess up, make mistakes, correct them, coach them, uh, get them where, you, where where they need to be. But you kind of come into this game thinking the adults are going to kind of act right, right? I mean, are you you kind of assume that, which we all know what that means. But uh, no, it's you know, I th- it's a great profession, and and if you take if you stay lighthearted about it, and you understand. Uh, where parents are coming from parents are coming that they're fighting for their kids these people truly thought they were helping their kids out and so you can't really you know fault them for that it's just the way you're doing it I love a person walking off fighting for their program or fighting for their kid you got to love that now let's talk about the way you're doing that obviously can be maybe better but uh this is just, it just, I'm just sitting here thinking of like what you're saying and like it, no other pre- professions have to deal with like grown adults coming into their profession and being like, you're all Richards. <laughs> They're trying to like reason with children and adults and like have a nice environment. Like it's truly masterful what 80s across the country do. And like, can you just imagine walking to any of their workplaces and being like, going to their boss and someone or their coworker being like, you're Richard and you're Richard and doing it repetitively over and over again is like mind blowing. Nobody would really know how to handle that scenario, but it sounds like you, you know, knew that was a gray area and you kind of, you stayed and played on that hill a little bit because really that was your best choice at the time. And, and that's an important part of the story. Not only are superstitions real and there's a gray area, but like, you have to figure out, you know, this is your first year and you're trying to figure out the whole landscape of the situation. It, it was, a, it was a tricky time for you for sure. Comical for us now, <laughs> yeah. but, but at the time that is, that is not a fun place to be. Yeah. Well, it did, it did teach me a lot, of, a lot about patience and, uh, you know, staying calm in the face of, of, uh, of, uh, of maybe someone not being like, I can't believe they really truly believe this. You know, it's just, it's not right. Um, but you know, it, it, it kind of teaches you that because when you're first, you know, you're gung ho and anytime you're, it's a first time of your job, you're ready to go and make some changes, write some rules down. Right. And, uh, you find that there's a lot of gray area in spots. And so it, it kind of helped me do that. Um, and ever since then I've, you know, I think there's gray area and everything. You can't black and white, everything's total different, um, uh, 
scenarios for everything and, and facts, and you got to take all those in. And I think that's where it's hard as an AD is you, you're making decisions and having to do things based on the facts that you know, and, and everybody else is making comments on the facts that they know, which yeah. are probably not usually all, the whole fact. Yeah. yeah. I think I might use this term. Like when Dustin gets out of line, I might be like, don't be a Richard. Oh, boy. There you go. <laughs> this is oh, good boy. for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not really down with this, but you know, I think about I think about just being in that situation and then having that discussion with a superintendent. Finally, the superintendent said, "We're not meeting anymore." Uh, I mean, this this really is not accomplishing anything. You just can't call people that. Um, so maybe Daniel, you should listen to the advice of Billy's superintendent. You oh my can't God, call my, people. My AirPod that. stopped working. I can't hear you. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you what can you say? Naturally. <laughs> selective selective Mm -hmm. here you know i had a buddy tell me one time he's not superstitious he's just sort of stitious so (laughs) he didn't like he didn't like the change but i mean he understood that i guess but um i say that to say you know just just going up and having that conversation with those parents and just saying all right let's be grown people here um Mm -hmm. and i understand you trying to support your kid and i want that yeah, but at the same time, you've got to do it within the rules. And I know that you're not calling him that specifically, but your roundabout way, you're calling him that. Uh, and so let's not do that. But to, just to have that conversation, just to go up there and finally, when it clicked with you, to say they are call- okay, I know what they're doing now. And so <laughs> then going up there and having that conversation and ripping that bandaid off. Cause there's no re- real easy way to ease into that. I mean, you're just going to, you can't do that. And then yeah. they get defensive in that moment. What do you mean? I can't do that. And then it ends up being, I'm defending my girl. I mean, it's part of the street. The girls can't play without me saying that. Uh, yeah. it, it reminds me, we had it. <laughs> we had a parent when during the COVID year that would tell me, um, Dustin, our boys can't play football if they don't run through the senior moms. If the senior moms aren't outside of that tunnel and the boys don't run through that, they just they won't be able to play. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, we're going to play football whether you're out there or not. And the boys, I promise you, has no impact on their game. It's not going to make them score another touchdown. It's not going to make them make a tackle. You just crushed her world. I know. But the rationale of some parents, though, I mean, it's the same concept that that Billy was dealing with. They mm-hmm. thought that they were an integral part of the game. And again, it's a it's a delicate balance because I want them there and I want them supporting their kid and I want them to be able to advocate for their kid. Mm-hmm. But they've just got to do it in the right manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that wasn't the case. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and speaking of the right manner, uh, Billy's got another story for us that or something that wasn't done in the right manner. Well, this one, yeah, this one was a little more just fun, fun, fun and games, I guess. But so in uh, this one, it was in Enid, and uh, so our baseball and softball team puts puts on a little uh, first annual Hallapalooza um, wiffle ball game. And uh, they're going to play each other. It's just real fun. The coaches are good friends. And so they brought them out and they're, and they're in their Halloween costumes. So everybody's <laughs> dressed up, you know, dressed out. And, but before the game, they wanted to have a home run derby. And so they had several girls. And so in our field, we set up a softball, 
you know, fence. And then we set it was in the baseball field, but set the, the softball fence up. And so they picked three or four teammates on each boys and girls to, to hit a home run derby. Um, and it, it was an awesome event. And then they had some coaches come up, you know, the base, the, we had a baseball coach come up. We had a soft, our softball coach come up and, at the very end, the baseball coach, he gets up there and gets on the mic and said, hey, now we're going to get our athletic director up here, Billy Tips. And I get out there and I'm like, I haven't swung a bat. I don't even know. And I used to play softball, you know, back in back mm-hmm. in 20, 25 years ago, I used to play softball. And I'm like, how hard can it be? It's It, it was slope. It's not like they're tossing up there 100 miles an hour, right? <laughs> so I'm I'm just hoping I get it over the this, this, this softball fence, okay? So I get up there and the first one I hit pretty good. I'm thinking, okay, this is, I'm, I still got it, you know, just turn. Come back. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. <laughs> hit the next one. It was, it wasn't very good. Hit the next one's pretty, the next one. I'm like, this is it. I'm going to swing for the fences. I swing. And of course, like your golf swing, I'm, you know, my eyes go up. I missed the whole ball. I spin around unathletically. I mean, just terrible and fall to the ground. The only thing I did well was pop right back up. Uh, but you know how you get so far around, you're like, I either stop this and hurt myself and come, and stay up, or I just let it fall. And so I, I fall. And, you know, normally back in, you know, 30 years ago, you don't think anything about that. But with all cameras and cell phones and, and stuff like that. So immediately after that, I get a text with my video of me talking <laughs> from my daughter, which is not even there. She's in Norman. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've just become a, a meme or, you know, whatever they call it. Right. And so I'm like, who sent you this? Well, it was a parent in the stands was videoing it. She's a friend of my wife. And so then my wife has it. And so it, it really didn't blow up that big. And, but, but in my mind, I'm standing there, I'm like, oh my gosh, by tomorrow morning, you know, our whole school will, and, and it would all have been fun. I, you know, it, it would have been great. Right. But, um, but the funny, the funny part about it, next day we have an admin meeting and we have a big uh, whiteboard. And so we have a camera over there. That's a, it's a security camera, but it's right. It goes right in the middle out through the field and you can see everything. And they have that queued up. So when I start talking, you know, we kind of take, go around and take turns talking and they have that queued up. So when I start talking, they they cut up cut me off and they they bring this up on the smart board and they play this over and over and so I had to take a little heat from my my coworkers <laughs> about how unathletic I was and uh, and you know maybe I don't have it anymore so you know there it is but it was a funny story and <laughs> that was a perfect opportunity for you to take workers comp and walk out you should have been like you all saw it. I should have faked an injury, something, right? <laughs> Knee went out, but wasn't smart enough to do that. So, well, Let me ask this question, because you you made a statement. You said, my wife's friend. You didn't say my friend or our friend collectively. Was it a friend prior to the video being recorded, or was it never a friend? It was just you're blaming your wife's friend. I'm blaming my wife's friend. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how many people got it. Luckily they were all dressed up and playing most of the kids. There were some people up in the stands, but you know, most people didn't have their phones out at that particular moment. So uh, no, it was, it was a, it was a friend of the family, I guess, but more her friend than mine, and, uh, <laughs> more making fun of me than supporting my wife. So, so yeah, did, was, 
was this a strikeout? Like, was this strike three and you were out, or was this strike one? Did, did the at bat continue after this incident? The at bat continued for a couple more, but uh, I was I pulled back way back. I did not go for the fences as much. I'm like, if I can't hit it out with this much energy, I'm not going to hit it out. So yeah, my mindset changed a little bit from like I'm hey I'm about to prove to these people of what I used to be, you know, and, and, uh, uh, yeah, just went all the way around. It was, it was good. Coaches were laughing and the kids were like, the kids were like shocked at first. Like, and then they, you know, they didn't know how I was going to react. So I just pop back up get the bat, go back at it. So. Were they concerned that you'd hurt yourself? Was there any concern about physical harm to Billy or was it more emotional and ego harm? It, it they knew my ego was hurt, but <laughs> I think that was the kids' response. They, like, oh, my gosh, do we laugh? Do we not laugh? But the coaches, they didn't pause one bit. They were laughing. Yeah, they they didn't pause a bit. They And they weren't concerned. They didn't ask if I was all right. He just threw me another ball. <laughs> Let's see if we can get him to fall again. <laughs> it was all in good fun. I feel like on Paradox, we have now um, completely clarified that Dodgeball and wiffle ball are not safe for athletic directors to participate in. It's not. It's not good. Both of those are are off the table. We've had a previous episode where where there was an issue in dodgeball. So those are, uh, yeah, some, yeah, some extra so, things that ADs are required to do. Uh, yeah, and you know, I guess I would rather have gotten up there and fallen than not participated because that would have been worse. If I would have like said no. That that probably would have been worse. So, you know, I, I had it all planned out too. If it if it got videoed and put out there, I had it. Well, at least I, you know, I I, I went down swinging, got back up, had you know, you know, the whole lesson thing. You 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 try fail, get back up. I had that all planned. You know, I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking this is going to go through the school and they're going to give me a hard time. But that's how I'm going to counter it, right? Something fun, some type of lesson that people are like. Oh, here we go with the lesson again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's funny that they just laughed at your coaches just laughed and didn't didn't check on your well-being yeah come to think of it they were being Richards they were (laughs) (laughs) we have established Daniel you can't say that oh (laughs) I mean you need to have a meeting apparently with Billy and his superintendent from Kansas to have this ironed out we'll have to have a Zoom meeting well apparently the the lady so my wife's a school nurse and so the lady her friends also a school nurse apparently she wasn't worried if I was hurt either because she had plenty of time to video it and send it to my wife and daughter and, not- and your daughter your daughter wasn't worried either she was no. laughing she was laughing she's oh you're not very you're not very because we, we always kid back and forth you're not very athletic you know and uh she uh she sent back man you're not very athletic and just <laughs> you know, laughy faces, whatever. So, and you couldn't argue. I couldn't argue. I mean, I was, I didn't even respond except I did respond. Hey, how did you get this? I'm I'm serious. Literally. I swung the bat two more times and walked over to the wall, maybe, uh, maybe 60 seconds. And she had it. My wife had it. I mean, that's how fast it, it got. Uh, yeah, the ridicule started. <laughs> I love the fact that you said the best thing you did was pop right back up. It wasn't hit the ball. No. <laughs> it wasn't 
hit a home run. It wasn't, you know, trot the bases, whatever. Call your shot. You just pop back up. You said you did everything else unathletically, and then you pop back up. That's only that's the only good thing you did. Yeah, I'm, I made the the administration. I made that team when when they were giving me a hard time. I said, okay, now wait, now stop here. You guys have had your fun, but watch this. And I would start right where I fell to right where I pop up. I'm like, now that that right there is an athlete. <laughs> so <laughs> they didn't want any part of that. They just kept going back to the falling part. So. Did you lead in your interview at any point with either of these two stories for the no. midfield show? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I didn't even start with, uh, is this about my athleticism? Because uh, <laughs> You're just directing it. You don't have to be athletic. You just have yeah, to direct athletics. Absolutely. I, you know, <laughs> some coaches, they still say, well, I wouldn't ask a player to do anything I would, I couldn't do. And, and, when you as you age, you better be careful saying that because there's some things that you you'll you'll be a little less able to do. Yeah, I always phrase it with I ask I don't ask him to do anything I'm not willing to do. Yes, that's um, much better. That doesn't mean that I'm good at it, but I'm willing to do it. And whether that's sling hot dogs or drive a bus or keep a scoreboard or keep the chains, whatever, doesn't really take a whole lot of athleticism to do that. Right. And yeah. I found out that older I've gotten, and Danielle will get there when she gets out of her teens or 20s, whatever she's in, <laughs> she'll figure out that you're not as good as you once were. That's a song. Right. Who sings that song? Oh, see, did you just stop while I'm on top? I know no. the song. I know the words to it. I don't know who sings it. <laughs> He's an Oklahoma boy, and Billy yes, would do. know that. But, I do. Um. Toby Keith is who sang that song, just so you know. Should have stopped when I was on top. Yeah, Color is color is going to be greatly disappointed. And Color is a mutual friend of Billy and I's as well. Yes. Uh, and so, um, Billy, he's my favorite Oklahoma AD, just so you know. Well, that that's hurtful. And <laughs> no, you're an Arkansas AD well, now, so it's okay. And, yeah, and huh? irrelevant now that I'm in Arkansas. So. <laughs> I thought he was going to say hurtful and accurate. I, mean, I was expecting that. <laughs> I think Kohler might be a lot of people's favorite. He's a good dude. Yeah, I know. That's not a lot of work to do in, in Oklahoma to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will tell you this, Billy. I'm glad that you have come on. Um, you agreed to this so willingly to jump on the podcast and, and you know, even at your own expense in the, the final story. But um, I'm glad that you weren't a Richard to either one of us. Um, and I, I'm glad that you were uh, willing to jump on here, even in your transition, because I know you got a lot going on and you're drinking from the fire hydrant right now and trying to figure out. Um, somebody told me when they were they transitioned to a new job, they were a fat guy swimming upstream. Uh, and I know what that's like right now, just trying to battle the current that you're in. And I appreciate you taking that time, jumping on here and having some fun with us this afternoon. Well, thank you both, and it was a great opportunity. I, I enjoy doing these things, and it's a little bit out of my comfort zone because, you know, as an offensive lineman by trade, we're we're not in the limelight. So, but 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 doing new things like this is great. So, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be on. Yeah, thank you very much. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening, and thank you to our sponsor, Wall of Fame, who excels at telling your school stories and supports us in telling ours. Check out the description of this episode for a link to receive a discount on all Wall of Fame products.
We are looking forward to the next story and hope you are too.